listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation, and welcome inside the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Boot Crew Media and Ornitos Tequila, the official sponsor of Boot Crew Media. And this is going to be the first and hopefully not the last, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to be the last, the last victory recap podcast. And everyone, including probably some of your favorite analysts on TV, whether it's NFL Network, ESPN, I don't care where you're listening into, they probably told you that the Saints were going to get blown out. They probably said it's not enough. They don't have the firepower. Aaron Rodgers is coming into town. It's going to be too much. They evacuated from Louisiana. They'd give you a bunch of reasons why the Packers were going to beat the Saints. And guess what? That didn't happen. Not only did that not happen, we talked about a blowout. It was the other way around. The Saints absolutely beat the living crap out of the Packers. I have no other better. I have no better way to put it. I'm not going to be gentle about it. That's what we saw it was an absolute beatdown by the New Orleans Saints, and we'll break down a bunch of stuff. I see a lot of you guys just following in here, and obviously, if you have any type of questions, comments, jokes, throw them up. I'll get them on the screen, and we'll all have a good time here enjoying this Saints' first victory of the season, and you just can't help. I know we don't want to overreact to a week one win, but it was literally a dominant win over what a lot of people are calling maybe the class of the NFC, maybe a Super Bowl favorite, and maybe the Packers might end up being that, but today, they absolutely weren't, and I think this was a nice reminder for anyone who thought the Saints would just roll over and kind of just fall away just because Drew Brees is not in town, well, think again. That's not how this team is going to roll. It was a really, really, really exciting performance from the Saints, top to bottom. We're going to break everything down about the play, about the injuries, because there are some concerns on that regard. I'm not going to get into next week because we have a whole week to cover the Panthers and talk about what's going to go on for week two. Right now, though, we're going to stick to the Saints, the Packers, because what a fun game that was. And let's just start off with the man of the hour, Jameis Winston, who, look, a lot of people are going to say it wasn't the best of performance. And yeah, I'm sure in terms of explosiveness, maybe we thought we might have seen a little bit more of Jameis Winston. But you know what we saw today from Jameis Winston? We saw maturity. We saw a guy who was taking what the defense gave him. We saw a guy who was willing to take the check down. We saw a guy who looked pretty damn nimble on his feet. Six carries for 37 yards. I think Jameis Winston looks in fantastic shape. He really does look in the best shape of his life, in my opinion. I thought he balled out. I named him the Ornitos Tequila Player of the Game for Boo Crew Media, and I don't know who I was going to give it to because so many guys played well, but the man had only one more incompletion than touchdown passes. So I thought he balled out, and everything went well for the Saints, even when he threw a pick. That got called back, and I'll talk about that in a little bit because I know Troy Aikman was sitting here bitching around about that call, and I couldn't stand it. It was ridiculous, but it really, really was just a flat-out incredible performance. And to that point, Jameis was the first quarterback ever to have five touchdown passes in a single game with under 150 passing yards. It was just absolutely incredible. It, it really was something to see. And I was thrilled for him because this is a guy who was the laughing stock a couple of years ago. Now you're looking at it and you're saying, who knows? Maybe the Saints can figure it out. I know it's just one game but he was impressive. And he wasn't the only guy impressive on offense. There were so many to choose from. I thought Alvin Kamara had sneakily one of his best games. I mean, he had 20 carries for 80-plus yards. He had the touchdown early in that game. And just the movement. I know Packers defensive players are sick of seeing 41 every year. They just can't handle him. It was another great performance by him. And I thought the Saints did a good job of realizing when they got up ahead, maybe don't give him all those carries. Why waste 41's energy and some touches you can use down the road when you're blowing him out. So I thought that was a great job by the Saints with the way they used Alvin Kamara. And I thought we had a, finally, a way to show the national media 
that Juwan Johnson's legit because a lot of us Saints fans spent the last couple of weeks talking about Juwan Johnson and what, what he could kind of do in this offense. And a lot of it was some hype. The other side of it was optimism. And of course, there's the third side. It's just being a realist that Sean Payton takes a wide receiver and maybe he's a little too slow for the wide receiver position, but then he's fast for the tight end position and he's athletic, both touchdown grabs, incredible. Look, the second one, he was wide open, but it wasn't that great of a throw. He just made a great adjustment on the ball. And the first touchdown pass that he caught, that one got me out of my seat. I, there wasn't many times in this game where I got out of my seat because I'm, I'm trying to be more reserved while watching these games and just be calm. But that one got me out of my seat. I was just absolutely jumping for joy on that one. That was just an amazing touchdown pass by Jameis, who was getting hit on the throw, and an amazing catch by Juwan Johnson. So I thought he had his breakout performance. So the offense did what it needed to do. But a lot of the reason why they did what they needed to do is because the defense absolutely put their stamp on the game. Absolutely just dominated a Packers offense that, let's just face it, they kind of look like they were going to waltz into week one, take care of business, and we know that didn't happen. And you bring it up here on the screen, and I have to mention it. There is no play in this game that swung momentum more than Paulson Adebo's incredible interception in the second half. Now, I know the catch might not have looked flashy. I know it might not have been the best interception you're going to see in your life. But the timing when the Packers are driving down the field, and it's only 17-3 to at, at the time. They're in the red zone. A touchdown there makes it a one-possession game. Pressure on Aaron Rodgers, which the D-line was relentless throughout the game, and I'll talk about them in a second. And Paulson Adebo comes up with the pick and returns it for about a 20, 30-yard gain, gets them out of range there. And the Saints just really never looked back. That was it. From that moment on, the game really was over. The Saints had control the whole time, but that Paulson Adebo pick just put the stamp on this matchup, and you thought, okay, this is it. The Saints are going to win this game. And that was just a great showing for a guy who I tweeted in the first quarter and this wasn't some type of revelation, so I don't want to take credit for this, but I tweeted around the first quarter. I said, Paulson Debo belongs in the NFL. And the reason I said that was because every time he got tested, he had a response. And that's really important because the cornerback position is so much about being able to respond to adversity because you're going to get picked on throughout the course of the game. There's going to be moments where Rodgers gets the best of you, but how do you respond? I think intercepting Aaron Rodgers in the red zone when the game is close is a pretty great response by Paulson Adebo. So I was just thrilled with the way he played. And the funny part is we spent this entire week talking about, oh man, Ken Crawley's injured. Marshawn Lattimore's a little banged up. Bradley Roby can't play until next week. And Paulson Adebo comes out here and owns the scene in his first NFL game. And now all of a sudden you go from thinking we don't have enough corners to I think we're doing just fine at the position when Roby's back, when Lattimore's 100%, when Crawley gets into the mix. All of a sudden, the defense, who we had you know, concerns about, we got an abundance, whether it's a linebacker position, whether it's a cornerback position. This defense is really deep, and if they're going to go far, I think it's going to be because of this unit in terms of this team as a playoff-caliber opponent. Now, I know that's way down the road, but that's how impressed I was with this team in terms of the depth, and they did this again, like I said, without Roby, without Crawley, without David Onyemata, your best defensive tackle suspended for the first six games. It looked like that didn't even matter because the Packers weren't doing anything. doesn't matter if it was on the ground. doesn't matter if it's, it's receiving. I have Aaron Jones in fantasy, folks. He had nine rushing yards. I have never been more happy in my life to have one of my fantasy players have nine rushing yards in a game. I was just that thrilled with the way this defense played. And how about a guy who I told you guys about? And I got a little bit of shit from it on Twitter. And a lot of people were saying I wasn't sure... If this was going to happen, I don't know. I think you're hyping him up too much. But Marcus freaking Davenport, a man who you guys called to first, 
a man who you call something about anime. You someone called him Mr. Pokemon. I've heard so many, you know, nicknames about him that I don't really like. Some of them make me chuckle, though. I'll have to admit. Now he did get hurt in this game, and his status is a little unknown at this time. I hope it's nothing serious because he balled out. And he set the tone very, very early with a huge stop on a run play and a huge sack on Aaron Rodgers. And he just looked laser focused. And this was a guy who I said was going to have a breakout game. I don't want to necessarily say he did live up to expectations because it's not like he had a Chandler Jones five sack game today. But man, he played really well. And he said, and he did a good job of showing that what he did in training camp was no fluke. And how about Cam Jordan? I, if I had a list of people who asked me if Cam Jordan's washed, I, I would be sitting there for about five hours like Chris Jericho on Raw five years ago. But now, after week one, I'm starting to think that Cam Jordan's looking pretty damn good. He was keeping up stride for stride with Aaron Rodgers anytime he got out of the pocket. And Aaron Rodgers is no slouch, athletically speaking. He's a very gifted quarterback with his legs as well. Obviously, you know what we could do with his arm, but he could scramble. And he kept up with him. So I was really, really impressed with Cam Jordan and what he did there. And how about Marcus Williams, guys? Since we're on this just defensive love fest here, his interception was probably the easiest one he's going to have this season, but he did show that, again, the range is just there. And I, I tweeted it. I'll probably tweet it 20 more times this season, guys. Marcus Williams has to get paid at some point, at some point, going to get paid. And he needs to because his range is just incredible. It really is. He's one of the, the most athletic safeties in terms of getting from point A to point B in the NFL, and, and he made a big play there for this defense. It was just overall an insane performance to not give up a touchdown, to go up against a unit that's been talking about this being their last dance and Rodgers and Adams winning the Super Bowl, and maybe they might. Who knows? Maybe they freaking might. But today, the teams had different routes. One spent the whole offseason talking about trading for Randall Cobb and figuring out their quarterback situation. And, you know, what do we do with Jordan Love? What do we do with Aaron Rodgers? The other one had to evacuate from home, go take practices in Dallas, then go move to Jacksonville for a home game, which, by the way, was dominated by Packers fans. And you tell me which team looked better. And I know people are going to run out with excuses and tell me that Rodgers needed time in camp or Rodgers needed time in preseason. Then why the fuck was he not there? Like, that's the thing that just blows my mind. If I had... A dollar for every time during the broadcast, I heard something isn't right with Rodgers or Rodgers' leg is bothering him or Rodgers just looks a little off. That's not my problem. The Saints didn't have any players sitting here saying, I might retire or I want to get traded or why'd you draft my replacement? You can't sit there and complain for three months and then walk into week one and nothing happens. And whose fault is that? And while I'm on this, you know, talking about all oh, the, the excuses, there was a point in this game where Jameis Winston threw an interception and it got called back because of roughing the passer on to Darius Smith. And I thought it was a bad call. I was the first one to admit it. But the Saints have gotten screwed so many times. And if you think I'm going to feel bad for a bad call going the Saints' favor, and if you think that I'm going to say, oh, overturn it, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. This team had a Super Bowl appearance ripped from them. I'm going to feel bad that while the, the Packers are down by 21, that a a touch uh, interception, excuse me, got called back as a rough in the passer. I'm not gonna feel bad at all. I'm not going to. I just took joy in the fact that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were there shitting their pants that that got taken away. It really was hilarious to me, and I enjoyed it. And I know it's not on our little rundown here, and I'll, I'm just gonna add it in here just right now. My cap has been tipped to Sean Payton so many times. I think I defend that guy more than any player on this team. But today, out of all days, I said there was no one better equipped to handle a situation that the Saints have been in. 
not only because he had to deal with Katrina back then, but he's got to deal with a similar situation and, and relocate with so many concerns already about the team. Forget about just the location, the team as well, whether it's a quarterback situation, the cornerback situation, the offensive line, the receiver group, so many you know issues that he has to sort out here. And they go in and they put up that performance. But what they did, and a lot of you guys are asking about it, give my opinion on it right now, what they were able to do late in the game showed me that they mean business. And by the way, we have breaking news, so I'm just going to break it right on this podcast right now and talk about it. Marshawn Lattimore just got an extension for the Saints. Five-year, $97.6 million extension from the Saints with $68.3 million guaranteed. So there you go. Any worries about Marshawn Lattimore not getting extended? It just happened. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. We could break it down uh, on the Straight Up Saints podcast since we're live right here. And that, again, just a great Sunday gets even better. Uh, it's I'm actually at a loss for words right now, honestly, because you get a great win. Lattimore balls out with injuries, balls out, and then he gets paid. Uh, just unbelievable Sunday. I didn't think this was going to happen, folks. Not the extension. I thought the extension was going to happen. But I am just thrilled to see the extension and the Saints win over the Packers the way they did. It was literally phenomenal. I'll get some of your comments up here um, in a second. Just want to make sure I get that tweet up. That was just, it's, it's incredible. I'm glad you guys think he's worth every dollar because I know there are some things with Lattimore that people don't like, and a lot of it has to do with the urgency and, and not, you know, not always having his head in the game. But man, when he's on, he's on. And I don't want to hear anything about how he can't keep up with the best of the best because Devontae Adams was locked up today. And sure, Aaron Rodgers played like crap and the O-line wasn't that good. And there's other reasons why you know, Devontae Adams didn't play well. But a lot of it has to do with Lattimore playing extremely well. So when he does that, and there was already talk about it going into the game that he was going to get paid, to just show them again, this is what you're paying for, I love it. And I'm going to say it again because I've said it a lot of times before. It's one thing to draft particularly well, which the Saints did in 2017 with one of the best draft, cl- draft classes you've ever seen in your life. To back it up and extend these folks on top of it and keep Ramchek and keep Kamara and keep Lattimore. And who knows, maybe keep Marcus Williams. You never know. That's a possibility. And I'm sure the Saints would love to keep 43. That is huge. That is absolutely huge. Because how many times have us Saints fans heard, well, with the cap, they could lose him. They don't have the cap space. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't because the Saints time and time again continue to prove folks wrong. So that is great news. You have the Lattimore extension, obviously, that happened. Now, I want to go back to the game for a little bit because it wasn't all sunshines and rainbows, although it mostly was. You have an injury to McCoy. Lattimore does get shaken up, but considering the Saints just locked that extension up, I think they're feeling pretty fine about 23. I I don't think there would be, you know, them rushing to sign this deal if Lattimore is like seriously banged up. So I'm not going to even worry about Lattimore, folks. But it's McCoy and Davenport both leave the game. I don't even think people realize Derek McCoy left the game. That's how dominant the Saints O-line was. They lose their, their Pro Bowl caliber center, who I think is going to have a great year, assuming he gets back on the field and is healthy. And now they reshuffle the O-line. Ruiz is playing center. Throckmorton comes in. Don't miss a beat. And Davenport, yeah, Davenport's a concern because we are sick of the injuries, obviously. But to know Passanio played great. Carl Granderson played great. A lot of us, including myself, were really, really worried about the depth of this team. Was it going to work out? Does this team have enough depth? 
And I know it's just week one, so I'm not going to sit here and overreact to it. But there were some guys that came in today that people did not expect to have a huge impact, and man, they balled out. Throckmorton being one of them. Jawan Johnson being another. Like I said before, you had Passanio being, you know, balling out as well. There were guys on this team that are showing maybe the concerns about the depth were a little over-exaggerated. And if that's true, then that bodes well for the Saints. Because the Saints, for the last couple of years, it wasn't about being the most talented team, which they were one of the most talented teams. It was about being the most deep team. So it's the next man up mentality, which it's pretty clear this team still has that mentality. And I don't know what the future has in store for the Saints, but I know after week one today, I feel way, way better about this team than I did yesterday. But let me just preface that by saying, I thought the Saints were a 10-7 and at best 11-6 and team going into the season. I feel pretty comfortable about what I said after week one, and obviously anything can happen. But this was a game that I thought the Saints would probably lose around 27-24 was my prediction. And now you flip it on its head. So the ceiling's a little bit higher today than it was yesterday, and I love it. So I'm absolutely excited to see what's going to happen. And, and just looking around the league, guys, I know the Panthers won today, but they didn't look too good. The Falcons look like absolute dog shit, for lack of a better word here. And yeah, the Bucs are good, but we know the Saints can handle the Bucs. We'll see what happens. That would be fun too, obviously. So the talk about the Saints being done, greatly exaggerated. And can I just throw this in here? I- I'm going to throw it in here. Jameis Winston had five touchdown passes with a receiving corpse that's missing Michael freaking Thomas. Like, I think that's just understated throughout all of this. The Saints had two of their best players not playing today. Two. Michael Thomas is a top five receiver easily. And obviously, David Onyemata is one of the better defensive tackles in the game. I know he's not a household name because people don't read about defensive tackles on a weekly basis, but he is a house, in my opinion, he should be a household name and he's one of the best defensive tackles. You're missing those. And my God, this team doesn't miss a beat. I, I'm going to sound crazy. I, I absolutely, absolutely am going to look at this team with a different lens. Um, and it's just fun. And the one thing I'll say, and I, I know Saints fans are can't wait for this. I love how people love to play the victim card after they spent a week shit-talking the Saints. If you spend, you spend a week shit-talking the Saints, I could spend my Sunday and my Monday shit-talking you back. That's just the way it goes. If you spent the entire week telling me that the Saints were going to lose or the Saints are going to get blown out or it didn't matter where this game was going to get played. Clearly, it did matter for the Packers, not for the Saints. It didn't matter where they played. They could play in any football field. They would have kicked their ass today. That's just the way it was. So I can't wait to see what Nick Wright has to say and Skip Bayless and all these idiots. And I know people are going to say, don't give them any clicks. I just love to listen to the bullshit that comes out of their mouth. I just can't help myself because it's hilarious because we said, don't fuck with this team in the sense that don't overlook them at all. And goddamn, they look damn good. They looked really, really, really good. So, guys, I see a couple of you guys in here right now. Throw me any questions, comments, concerns, jokes. I'm going to get them up on the screen. Let's kind of loosen up the chat, obviously, so you guys don't have to hear me ranting the whole time. So if you guys have any comments, questions, jokes, throw them in here, and we'll talk about it. But obviously, I I know you guys are thrilled. This was a fun performance. Jameis Winston, five touchdown passes, including an absolute beauty to Deontay Harris, which, by the way, guys, we haven't seen a deep pass in a while. In a while. So. That was great to see. Today's MVP. So today's, I mean, that was tough. So I said before, I gave the Ornitos Tequila player of the game, which we do, which Ornitos is the official sponsor uh, of Buku Media's Straight Up Saints podcast. I gave it to Jameis Winston. However, I will say that I thought it could have gone to a lot of players, including Paulson Adebo, potentially Marcus Williams, maybe even Marcus Davenport sneaky options. You got to know Passanio who played really well. I mean, I thought the O-line was fantastic. 
the fact that I could sit here and I could go through about 10 guys that could have possibly won MVP or today's MVP, that's a good sign for the team. And yeah, Lattimore got paid. Lattimore's got to be feeling pretty good. He locked down Devontae Adams. The man was doing it with a cast on his hand. He looked like a pro wrestler out there with that shit. And he, he just balled out. Absolutely balled out. What's going on, man? Um, yeah, the Deontay Harris touchdown, it absolutely did. So fun, fun story for you guys. When that Deontay Harris touchdown happened, I'm sitting there. And one of my friends, um, if you guys haven't listened, Darian, who does he does uh, the South exclusive podcast stuff. He, he covers the Saints. I'll, I'll link his Twitter account later today so you guys give him a follow. He's calling me, and I pick up the phone. I'm just like, yo, what the hell is going on? Like, I was so hyped, and I had no, literally no clue what was going on. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Office when Jim Halpert's looking at the camera. He's just going like, what is going on? That was me. I had no clue because it just kept coming and coming and coming, and the Saints were just pouring it on, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Yeah, look, Kevin King, I'm glad you brought up Kevin King having NFC champ flashbacks. The Packers... I said this on a podcast, I believe on Thursday, it was a Packers podcast. And they, they were saying to me that the Packers going to blow out the Saints. And I, I wasn't having any of it, obviously, because I didn't agree with that notion. I had the Packers winning 27-24, so I was wrong. The Saints proved me wrong. I'm glad. I had a 27-24. They were saying around 40 to 15. I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't see it happening. And a lot of it told to me, and a lot of reason why I said I think it was going to be close, is I don't think the Packers defense is good. And you could tell me whatever excuse you want that Mike Pettin was there. Well, Mike Pettin's gone. Or you can tell me that the secondary wasn't good. Well, they've reshuffled the secondary. It's just not a good defense at all. And the Saints showed it. Whether it was Juwan Johnson making plays, whether it was Deontay Harris making plays, Marcus Callaway did nothing today, and it didn't matter. And Michael Thomas wasn't playing, and it didn't matter. So I thought this Saints offense kind of proved the Packers defense is not damn good at all. It's pretty bad. And I think that, go, that bodes well for the Saints if these teams possibly meet later in the year, which would be quite damn fun. Honestly, call me weird, but I enjoy seeing Rodgers lose more than Tom Brady. Yeah, all right. So you know what? I'm going to say it. I, I agree with that take. I'm going to agree with that take. I'll tell you why I agree with it. At some level, you have to respect Tom Brady. You know why? Because the bastard always wins. So at some, at some point, you have to. But with Aaron Rodgers, he's got the same amount of Super Bowls as Drew Brees. But man, he gets so many excuses. So many excuses. A pass here, a pass there. It's never Aaron Rodgers' fault. It's like he's a five-year-old kid. It's never his fault. So to see him lose this game and just get outplayed by Jameis Winston, I like it. I like it a lot because at the end of the day, when Brady loses, still got seven Super Bowls to hang his hat on. And he beat the Saints in the playoffs. But for Aaron Rodgers, who's there's an excuse here and there, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, he is Jeopardy boy. I, I'll tell you, I have never seen a guy have an offseason the way he did. And the fact that people thought it was just going to be like, just turn it on. Football's, it doesn't work that way, guys. Hard to believe our D will almost certainly get better with Roby and Anyamata coming in. All right, so in the middle of the game, I don't know if I tweeted this. If I didn't, obviously, that's my fault. I should have. There was a point in this Saints game where I looked at it, and I'm like, this is, it blows my mind, but this is a defensive team. And I know the Saints are going to be good on offense. Don't get me wrong. I think they're going to have really explosive moments on offense. And I think getting... You know, Michael Thomas back in the lineup is going to change a lot. That's going to help them so much, obviously. But this team's a defensive team. They are loaded with talent. Absolutely loaded from top to bottom. There's a lot. And now you're going to put Bradley Roby in here, who's a damn good corner. And you're going to put David Onyemata back in the mix eventually, who is an amazing defensive lineman. And their first-round pick, I'm forgetting about him. You're forgetting about him. We're all forgetting about him. Peyton Turner didn't even play. And he's eventually going to get ramped up. Pete Werner, your rookie linebacker, he's eventually going to get ramped up into the system. 
They have talent, guys. They have a lot of talent. This is a team that I think can play defense consistently, like how we saw it with the Taysom Hill games, with the Teddy Bridgewater games, when they really rose up to the challenge. Try that on for size for 17 games, and then let me know what this might be. Like, this is, this is it. Like, this is a defensive talent team, and I love every minute of it. I absolutely love every minute of it. Coach Sean Payton is a wizard. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want to hear anything about, you know, Sean Payton this, Sean Payton that. What well, you know, he has his faults. Don't get me wrong. Man, he's damn good. He is really damn good at his freaking job. Tony Jones Jr. played great too. I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't mention it because I'm too busy over here gushing over Jameis Winston and the defense. Tony Jones Jr., folks. First off, if you can, get him in fantasy if you haven't already. I mean, I have him on my teams, obviously, but I'm biased. That's why I have him on my teams. But the Saints give him usage. 11 carries for 50 yards is no joke. Now, I know that's nothing to write home about. You're not going to go to your friend and see, oh, did you see Tony Jones Jr. had 11 carries for 50 yards? No, no one's going to do that. But then, if that carries over most of the season, the Saints got a pretty damn good RB2 who could give them 500 yards on the ground. Like, that's important. That is so important. So, so, so important for this team. So I, I think Tony Jones Jr., and I've kind of been saying it for the last couple of weeks now, I thought he was going to start running people out of jobs. He ran Freeman out of a job. He ran Murray out of a job. Now, he's not going to run Kamara out of a job. That's impossible to do. But can he become his sidekick? If he does, you know how much that changes things? If the Saints continue to be a dominant team in the O-line, which they did, which, by the way, today, the time of possession, folks, 34 minutes, it could have been even better. Like, that's how good this team was. If you if you dominate time of possession and Tony Jones Jr. and Alva Kamara just even things up, absolutely, absolutely, you're in good shape. And to the point, if Tony Jones Jr. plays well, you don't have to wear down Alvin Kamara. And if you don't wear down Alvin Kamara, good luck to everyone else because you're not going to stop that man. And I'm convinced he's not human. He made a play today where he basically just lost his balance, still lunged for a first down, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. He just, his body contorts in ways that should not be humanly possible, yet it does. And he is just exceptional. He He's freaking exceptional. He, he is just incredible. So you guys asked, toughest game on the schedule. Who the hell knows, honestly, because the NFL is week to week. And the, and the reason I say that is, had you asked me last week, I would say Buffalo Bills. Bills, Saints, the Thanksgiving game. But then the Bills look like crap against the Steelers. And your perspe- your perception of things changes. I will say, though, I'm going to say one of the Bucs games. I know that's not going to get me a popular take here. People don't like the Bucs. But I do think that the Saints will probably drop one of the Bucs games. I think they're going to split. So I would go one of the Bucs games would be the toughest one. Adam Troutman needs to step up where Jawan's come for his job. Look, Adam Troutman had a couple of bad drops. And if he got them, this game might have been an even bigger blowout than it already was. And that is a concern. But I do kind of wonder. I mean, Adam Troutman rushed back from his injury. Let me give him another week or two before I make that assessment. But I, I do agree. If there's one concern, it's Troutman didn't play well. And he needs to be better. Because Juwan Johnson's coming. And if Juwan Johnson could block as well as Troutman, he'd be your tight end one. But if you're a Saints fan, you got to be thrilled. Because think about it. Troutman's only going to get better, you'd think, than today. I think this is the worst it gets for him. And yes, Juwan Johnson, you might think it, not, it might not get better because he had two touchdowns today. In terms of yardage, he only had 21 yards received. I mean, he's going to get better, too. So... I, I really love the Saints team in terms of where they're at in, in depth in our perception and then go look at the national media. It's just totally different. It's totally different. But I definitely like what they have going here for sure. Pass rush uh, got home a lot. Lattimore locked down D. Adams with the cast on his hand. This team is legit. Absolutely, it is, James. It is 1,000% legit. And you mentioned it in your second comment. 
the first half for the Saints was picture perfect. Dominate the clock. Force a quick couple of three and outs for Aaron Rodgers. Don't let him touch the football. And when he touched the football, cool. Three points in the first half. If you told me the Saints gave up three points in the first half prior to kickoff, man, I don't know what I'd do. I'd probably kiss you on the mouth and just give you a big hug and say thank you because I would be like, holy shit, that's amazing. And for them to do that is just incredible. So I, I thought that was great. They set the tone. And I told a lot of people that the Saints are not going to overwhelm you in some regards. But where they're going to overwhelm you is the offensive line. And I'm looking back at, do you guys remember the Bill Saints game? From a, a couple of years ago, the Saints just kept running the football and running the football and running the football, and Drew Brees had to do nothing. They were just running all over the team. The Saints are going to be that type of team this year as long as McCoy's healthy because, goddamn, Ruiz played really well today, and he was at center, not at guard, and McCoy will come back in the fold, and Throckmorton proved that he could play and be a starter if he has to. The Saints are going to dominate teams in the trenches, and when you dominate teams in the trenches, you have an absolute great chance of beating teams on a week-to-week -week basis. So I, I think the Saints are going to be fine in that regard. So I'm glad you brought this up. I talked about Lattimore a lot on this podcast already. He signed that contract, obviously. And if you guys haven't seen it, the contract is a five-year, $97.6 million extension that hands him $44 million fully guaranteed and $68.3 in total guarantees. Most guaranteed for a DB. I know a lot of people are going to complain about that, but I, I, I know I'm not the only one to say it, but I think this is the year for Lattimore. I think this is it. I think this is the year that we get the consistency. I think it's over. I think the days of him just mailing it in on a weekly, you know, every other week, I think that's over. And guess what? He plays a damn good receiver next week in DJ Moore. And the week after that, he plays the Patriots. So we'll kind of find out there what it is. And after that, he plays Kenny Galladay. And after that, it's Terry McLaurin. And after that, it's DK Metcalf. Lattimore's going to step up. I don't think the Saints make this deal if they don't think that he's found what he's been looking for. And you know who might have changed that? Chris Richard. Chris Richard, the new DB's coach, is known for his intensity. I would not be surprised if that kind of just changed Lattimore's mentality. And if Lattimore's mentality changed, my God, watch out. Because we know what he can do when he wants to play. He can lock you up. He can lock up Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans. Obviously, Mike Evans, he does every time, regardless of what, what he wants to do. But he showed it. And if he can do that on a consistent basis, sky is the limit for this Saints team. So I'll take a couple more questions, comments, concerns, and then I'm going to wrap it up. Obviously, I know you guys want to enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Um, appreciate you guys hopping in here, obviously, to talk Saints football with me. This was just a really, really fun performance of the Saints, 38-3, to the worst loss in Aaron Rodgers' career. I might have to get that printed and thrown behind me somewhere. Um, obviously, I have a crap ton of stuff behind me, but I'll find space to throw up the Saints giving Aaron Rodgers the worst loss of his career. So if you guys have any more questions, comments, concerns, drop them in and I'll get to them. But obviously, as I said before, I thought Jameis showed maturity. I thought this defense looked fantastic. Probably the most dominating defense performance we've seen since that Bucks game last year. If anything, sometimes it looked a little even you know more dominant in some regards, but it was great. Hey, look, if you guys want me to get Jameis eating a W and put it on my wall, I will do it. I mean, I got space. Where are my thumbs supposed to be? Right back here? Like somewhere over there? Yeah, I'll, I'll, wherever the, the Michael Thomas and Kamara stuff is, I'll throw it over there. I will absolutely throw it over there. Do we know the severity of Eric McCoy's injury? I have not seen anything. I know he was tweeting during the game, and I don't know if that was a bad sign or not. I, I just kept laughing, to be honest. But I hope that he won't be out for too long. Uh, I, I know he was tweeting. He, he did not mention anything about his status. I would assume he get an update Monday or Tuesday. Hope it's not very long. 
I would like to think that we didn't get anything yet is a very good sign because usually when you get something immediately, it's like they're out for the year and that just, just absolutely crushes your spirit. But I really, really, really do like where this team's heading and, and we'll see what happens. And if McCoy has to miss a couple of weeks, I think you slide Ruiz at center, his natural position, you play Throckmorton at guard and you figure out the rest of it. But we'll see what happens. Obviously, that's the one concern from this Sunday would be the injuries. And we'll see what happens. War of attrition. I think this is a deep Saints team, a little bit deeper than people thought it would. Way deeper than I thought it was a couple months ago. That's for damn sure. But obviously, a really fun performance, guys. I'm glad you guys joined us here for this edition of Straight Up Saints. Obviously, I'll have more videos and podcasts up later this week. I'll recap a little bit more of this game, talk about a couple of other things. And we'll also preview the Panthers game, but that'll be in a couple of days. You got to enjoy your victory Monday. And then on Tuesday, we'll start talking about that Panthers game. Enjoy one more day of bragging about the Saints kicking Aaron Rodgers' ass because, man, that was one hell of a performance by the Black and Gold. So I appreciate all you guys coming in, giving your questions, giving your concerns, giving your jokes. Had a blast with you guys. We'll be back again, hopefully, next week. Another victory recap podcast. That's obviously what we're hoping for. And who knows where the season's going to take him, but the Saints are off to a fantastic start, beating the Packers and proving to the world that they still got enough talent to possibly win the Super Bowl. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast.